Monday. Sorry. It's all good. Come on, Scott. <laughs> you want me to show you how? Come on, Ackland. Hopefully, Scott has it right today. <laughs> all right, go ahead, Coach, please. So, what's what were you doing on the sideline at the time when the the call came in that you guys were going for it on on fourth and one, and, and just kind of what was your your reaction like to, to that sequence? No, it, was, it was something that we knew. Uh, was going to be something that potentially could happen. So you just had to cover three scenarios. Number one, if something occurred and we did not get the first down, knowing that we had to get ready to get onto the field and stop them because we were going to stop them. Number two, if we got the first down, kicked the field goal, and there was time left on the clock. So you were going to have to get on the field to stop them so they didn't get in the field goal range. Number three, if something occurred and we did not score any points, and the game went in overtime. So those are the three scenarios that we were talking about over the headsets while everything was going on. So then when you get the first down, then the conversation gets very minimal at that, at that time because now the clock is in your favor where, hey, we get the first down, they can't stop the clock enough to where we knew we, there's a strong chance we're not going to go back on the field again. So obviously one of those results would be problematic for you guys if they got stopped and Wazoo got the ball inside the 30. I mean, just from a perspective of, like, were you guys cool with that? Were you guys cool with them taking that chance there at that yeah, point in time? Yeah, on, on our end, as a, the one thing that I think that is unique about our football team is every side or every entity within the organization has, has each other's, other's back. And we know one of our primary goals is to win the Pac-12 championship with class, excellence, and academic integrity. So we knew that was a scenario that was going to give us a chance. Now, we got full faith in the guys on offense, knowing that if they need a yard in that scenario, no matter where we are, they'll have a chance to be able to get it. Now, were our fingers crossed? Absolutely. We've seen a couple of huge games. <laughs> seen a couple of huge games from Carson Bruner here where he's had to step into that role. Uh, but obviously, he'd been a contributor prior to that, but maybe not a starter. Had he done something? to improve, to get to that point, um, you know, compared to earlier in the season? And has he done enough now to, to earn more run? Yeah, it's just one of those things where well, as you get through the fall and as you get through the season, you always want to make sure you're peaking at the right times. And that's exactly what he's doing, you know, with the injury that happened to Alfonso Tupatala. <clears throat> he was able to come in, and we knew we didn't blink. Um, just as I, I told the guys, we have a philosophy in our room is we kind of we know who it ain't going to be on our end. When it comes to when you get in, if you prepare like you're supposed to, you're going to have a chance to make your plays at the point of attack. And the last couple of weeks, he's been very good. Being able to do that while staying within the constraints of our defense, while being able to drive the defense, while making sure everyone is called aligned and adjusted. And at the point of attack, he's making his plays. So he's just doing a lot of the things that we've just seen in practice, but just weeks on top of weeks on top of weeks. Is it still hard to shake up the pecking order, though, where you're at now with rotations and situational deals, rather than just elevate him to the immediate starter? No, no, because I, I think we have a lot of trust in our room, and they know and understand that the best guys play, and those guys who are playing well making those plays are going to be in when it counts the most. So, and we have a trust within the room and within our defense and within our team, and a lot of that just, just really comes from the, the mission that Coach DeBoer puts us all on. Coach, looking back on it, did you have the right defensive play call 
on the end of the half when Wazoo got the touchdown in the corner in there? Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, we do. We just, we just have to play our techniques better. That's all, you know, and, and, and some of those things happen from time to time, and uh, we knew we had to put it behind us, and we had to go, go, make, go make some more plays uh, in, in place of that. And that's where we just have to be better, just understanding some of the situational awareness with it being third down and 19. What was the, the technique that needed to be played differently there? No, just being able to keep outside leverage. You should not be able to give a fade up when you have middle of the field help. That's all. We saw Thule uh, had five plays in that game. Was that more of a reflection of the situation with WSU having a pass-oriented offense and not being as much of a physical game, or was there some lingering health stuff? No, no, no. It, it was probably, probably a little bit of both, just trying to make sure we can take care of him, but also – no, we had to have the uh, the turbos and the Lamborghinis in j just because of the offense that was going on. He he is more of your um, of your limousine w when when he's on the field. <laughs> With that, that same package. <laughs> he, he he's your old school caddy. But are we going to see more of that that package this time around, where you can have just some of those those faster guys out there to just try to contain Bo Nix, keep him in the pocket? Yeah, well, th those are things that you always have to do depending on who you're playing. The, I think the one thing that has always been great on our end is you're getting to the point in time where now, in a sense, the the, the bullets and the gun are becoming available, and and they are available. So uh, when you have a chance to have bodies that you can choose from, and you can recycle the bodies around and have fresh legs on the field, so you can chase guys like Bo Nix around, it, it, it obviously helps. Was that the best game you've seen uh, Mikel Esteen play? Yeah, yeah. Just for, from a production standpoint, yes. Uh, one thing that he has been, he has been very consistent. And, and on our end, we think he, he is probably one of the smartest football players in the building. He really understands the game of football and understands the spaces and the people around him and what all the other guys are doing around him. So he's always going to be able to put himself in position <clears throat> to be able to make plays. And, and we've been really, really pleased with his growth with him really embracing his role, because it's been some games you're going to play a lot, some games you're going to play minimal, sometimes you're going to play special teams, and, and, and he's really a, a addressed it with a smiling face, saying, what do I have to do to help our team win? And that's exactly the kind of young men you want on your football team. Coach, you guys sub a lot at the linebacker spot. I think you played five or six guys in the game on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Is it getting to a point in time of the year where maybe it's time to give Carson Bruner even more snaps and kind of maybe limit the sub package a little bit there? No, no, it, because all, all those guys play. So, so when you look at how the substitutions came out from the game, Carson played the most of all the guys uh, in the group. So some of those things are just happening naturally. The biggest thing that we want to make sure, as we tell our guys, you want to make sure you can be fresh, you can be fast, and you can play to your rev limiter. And, and if you can do those on any given down, we're going to be just fine. And this is where you want to be during this time of the year. You guys are the undefeated team. You also beat Oregon once earlier this year, and yet you're a big underdog in this one. How do you view that? How much of an extra motivation? Yeah, all that just does is just make the chip on our shoulder that much bigger because we know it is awesome when you can come in as the underdog because the only thing that, that we're really caring about is the individuals on our team and our organization. That's why one of the main uh, premises for us coming into the season was going to be us versus us. What has, made, what has made Troy Franklin so difficult to contain for them? A long, rangy, athletic 
and, and being able to create space uh, amongst everyone, and obviously him being able to run down the sideline and, and Bo Nix throwing him, throwing him some really good balls to be able to catch and run after the catch. Most of the time when he's catching the ball, he's not catching the ball where he's got static feet where his feet aren't going anywhere. Every time he's catching the ball, he is still getting vertically down the football field. When you look back at the first game, what do you feel like your defense did well that day? Um, I think we did, we did well, obviously, on, on our third and fourth downs, being able to get off the football field, and we have to continue to do that. And one of the main emphasis now is just making sure we're great in all of our run fits and making our plays at the point of attack and being able to make one-on-one -on -one tackles because that's, that's where they've been very good and that's where they excel. We saw Lance Holtzclaw, one, one play, one sack in that game. He's someone who, on the practice field, has put himself in position to, to impact more in the future. Yeah, yeah. You know, Lance is someone who's been green and growing. You know, he's been just getting a couple of plays here, a couple of plays there. But he, obviously, he's been really good in practice. And, and I just think that that's just something that speaks to what, what developmental programs do. You have to develop players and you don't know when your breakthrough moment is going to be all we tell our players is you make sure you do your job from a preparation standpoint you have the confidence when you come in and then go apply your skill set and apply your technique on those given downs is the reason Thule didn't play very much until the very end of the game because just of what Washington State brought to the field and yeah their office. yes so mm -hmm. it wasn't an injury thing. No, no. So. It, it was just it was just making sure we could still keep them fresh, but some of the things that they were doing, we wanted to have just some of our faster guys in play. Really? Oregon hasn't really been in a close game since they since they were here. I wonder, do you see areas that their offense has gotten even better since October 14th? Yes. Uh, as you see, they've still been great being able to throw the ball, and they've obviously involved a lot more people. Uh, we know the running back, he's, he's going to do a great job. Bucky and those guys do a great job being able to catch the ball. But also, we've seen 15, probably his production has probably doubled um, since our game. So being able to see that come into play, and, and they've been able to do some good things to where they're hitting guys on a run, and that's how they're getting a lot of chunk yards and a lot of chunk plays. How do, you feel the ta how do you feel the tackling has improved defensively over the course of the season, especially since the Oregon game? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been consistent. The biggest thing we have to do is just continue to run our feet at the point of attack, especially when you're out in space. Uh, sometimes that may mean the ball carrier may get two or three more yards, but you make the secure tackle. So that's been kind of one of our main points of emphasis is, is not having a, what we would say shoot your gun too soon because if you miss, there's, there may be one of the person behind you or the pursuit may be coming. If you just make sure you make the sure tackle, you'll always be good. I, I saw Asa Turner get on senior. <clears throat> Does he have any chance of playing in the postseason? And if not, is there a chance he can come back next year? Yeah, yes. Um, we feel as though we can, and the one thing about Asa and a lot of the guys, a lot of those gentlemen are, are day to day, and they're they're doing everything they can to get back as soon as they can. You know, um, they haven't quote unquote you know thrown thrown anything away, and w w when they're available, we'll be using them. So all those options are open, like even next year, because he's only played a handful of games. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think some of those it may be maybe in his his court what he wants to be able to do. Coach, can you tell kind of a first person account a story? or two of what it was like being on the sideline, experiencing those two defensive plays, the third and two where MJLA got the one-yard hit, and then the fourth and three where Oregon threw the incompletion. You guys got off the field. What was, what was your experience of those two big plays to get the ball back to the offense? Well, it, it was just th those scenarios of us just knowing uh, as a football team, um, we have three things that we always talk about. Number one, provide the winning edge. 
Number two, be at your best when it counts the most. Number three, create a game-changing play. And all of those scenarios, those three things came up. And, and that's what we talk about. That's what, that's what we breathe. That's what we bleed. That's, what, that's, that's in, the, in, the, in the fabric of us on defense. And that's where we've been able to be very opportunistic on the field. So some of those things, it, it's not surprises. Those guys are just stepping up, making their plays when it matters the most. So, and you're very proud of them for, for being able to thrive in moments like that. Is that it for Coach? <clears throat> All right, everybody, thank you. Thank you, guys. Go dogs. Morning. Morning, morning. Go ahead, Coach. How'd you feel after that fourth and one call? What was the mindset going into it? Confident. Felt good. We had a lot of looks during the game of uh, similar run fits and how they were playing the edge of the play. So. We felt good about the call. You know, Coach DeBoer was going to see if we could get him on the, on the punt deal. And um, if we didn't draw him off, we were going to go back to the play. And so I had that one bookmarked for the right time. And that was the right time. <clears throat> did that play have a name? That's, a name? Uh, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It, it of course did, but I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> did you find that from somebody else on another film? I know you I'm not going to tell you that either. <laughs> We've never had an original thought ever in the okay, football world. So. <laughs> saw something similar. Just, yeah. I know you have a big... No, actually, the, the guy that um, um, dug it back up, we did see it on film, a version of it. Um, Mitch Dowling, who helps out the quarterbacks, is the one that dug it up and like was talking about it. And, and uh, so it came up in some of our goal line stuff. So it wasn't exactly... Where I was going to call it on the field, but it was the right time. So it was in our goal line package, but I just felt like this might as well be goal line. Was, for you, how satisfying is it to? I mean, it is essentially a trick play at the at the biggest moment of the game and of the season. So. Oh, it's great. I think you know the the biggest part is you know you got a head coach that believes in in the call, and you got a good call, and you tell him, "Yep, we're good," and and uh, he sticks with it, and then you get in the ball to your more your best guy and in the best moment and your quarterback's making a great decision because Mike was reading that play. If the edge was soft, he was going to give it to DJ, but he obviously know they were sucking down and he read it right and did a great job. Was Kalen go all the way uh, in that scenario? I'd, I'd say like 75%. Yes, <laughs> and you no, he was good. He, he was, you know, gave the, are you sure? And I said, yes. So but, yeah. So you were go all the way. Yeah, I think I think it was an appropriate spot. I mean, I think that everything that you know we had looked at, we felt really confident about the call, and we just had so many clips and plays of how that was going to play out that you know we felt good about it. How did you evaluate Mike's game as a whole? Um, I think he played good. Um, I, I don't think he played his best game. Obviously, there was some some throws. Obviously, that uh, you know he'd probably love to have back. Um, but, you know, I think he made some, some really big throws and big plays at, at the right times. Obviously, you know, the, the touchdown he threw to Rome um, in the right corner of the end zone, he had a guy right in his face, you know, hitting him, and he dropped a dime right there for uh, Rome to go get. So I think there's always going to be plays like that, that if people continue to challenge him, he's going to, you know, raise up and make the play. I, I know he was... Um, he was frustrated after the game. He thought he could have played better. And um, I think he's just continuing to learn, you know, what those tight games provide him as a quarterback and, and how he's just got to keep throwing punches. And when it gets tough and frustrating, that's when he's got to continue to be his best. And, you, and I thought he did a good job of that. Sorry, you were pretty critical last weekend here about the way the second half at Oregon State went. Did you feel like you saw 
improvement in the offensive uh, execution? Yeah, I did. Um, obviously, we weren't perfect. Um, you know, we tried to be pretty balanced, which I think we were. I think we had 33 pass attempts and 30 rushing attempts, somewhere in there. And um, I thought DJ did a great job. There wasn't a lot of big wide open lanes, but I thought there was a lot of two-yard gains that turned into seven-yard gains. And um, I thought the later the game went, the more effective DJ got, which was encouraging to see because we needed it. Uh, we needed our run game to hit. So that part was was for sure encouraging. Ryan, he, Mike's been under 58% four of his last five games. Passing game doesn't look as crisp as it did early in the year. I mean, I, I guess, would you agree with that, number one? And number two, what do you think is going on overall in the last maybe month and a half? Yeah, uh, there's no doubting that. I mean, it's statistical evidence. It, it hasn't been as effective. Um, you know, and I know everybody worries about how much the ball is going down the field or not going down the field. But uh, I think we also made a lot of those plays that got us some big wins too. And so I don't think you can just change your DNA completely. Um, you got to find the right shots at the right times and, and when to be patient as well. So I think, you know, we'll, we'll have a good plan ready for Oregon and, and our guys are going to have to make contested catches. That's going to be a, a given. And, uh, you know, you go back to the, the Oregon game that we won, almost every big play that we had was a contested throw. And so I think that part of the thing is that, that people are, you know, playing us more aggressively. And so there's going to be a lower percent completion and there's going to be tougher catches and tougher plays. And, and there's just, you know, people make adjustments throughout the season. We have to do the same. Would you, would you have wanted to work the middle of the field, maybe a little more on, on Saturday? Um, slants, seam routes, things like that. Kind of felt like yeah, we did. Um, you know, we had a couple of protections that went the wrong way, and you know, people think that it's uh, you know free rushers and things like that. But uh, certainly, we had the the plan in place to be able to do those things, and and those calls were made, and we just didn't hit them. When, when you say teams have been playing more aggressively, you're talking about the coverage, man coverage. In my untrained, uncoached uh, eyes, <laughs> it looked like they were sending like a lot of blitzes from different angles and things like that, that more guys than you can block a lot of times. Was that no, it was, that um, it was less than that, actually. Oh. Like the plays that people were um, talking about, I guess, in, in perspective, there was more dropping than there was blitzing. So there's a perception of pressure, and we got to do a good job of sorting that out or a better job where, you know, we can think of the one sack Mike had, you know, they, they only rushed four. There were six and almost seven guys on the line, but they only brought four guys. So it wasn't like a wild amount of pressure. It was just how we picked that up. So we, we certainly got to do a better job of that. Ryan, having coached at many different levels and different formats when it comes to the postseason, what's your general thought? Should a team that wins a national championship, should they have won their conference first? Is, it, should that be a prerequisite for playing for a national title? Oh, man. <laughs> um, geez, that's above my pay grade. You know, But I would say... Um, I think the, the beauty of playoffs is just get the right people in the playoffs. And then whoever is in the playoff system, whoever wins that is, is the champion. So um, I certainly think college football is uh, trying to get to that. Obviously, four teams makes that uh, tougher, where it would be great if you add more, like what we'll be in next year where there's 12. And, um, you know, that natural – Pool play is just a lot cleaner, you know, and, and when it's only four and there's certainly some good teams that will be left out of the playoffs this year. And you'd love to see that play out and see how people, I think that's the, the purest form of competition is when you 
get to the postseason. It is the playoffs, and that's exactly what it is. You what mentioned was your that when you saw that you're a nine and a half point underdog. I don't care about that. You don't look at it. No, we've been favored and barely won by that. So I don't care about any of that stuff. It doesn't matter at all to me. Ryan, at the end of the game, during the kick, there was a shot of Mike sticking his head in the phone bank. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you saw that already when Jalen yeah. was there with him, and some people thought he was throwing up. Others thought he was anxious. Can you kind of just give us, I know you weren't there, obviously, but give us an idea of maybe what was going through Mike's mind there at the end of the game there? Oh, I'm sure he was just praying for Grady and, and hoping for the best. You know, honestly, <coughs> his, um, nerves at the end of a game like that. I think he, you know, there's a lot of pressure on these kids, man, and they, they're awesome kids, and um, they love what they do out there, and they want to do their best. You know, they just want to go out there and, and win and, and do it, make the community proud, and, you know, so I think there's a piece there where, you know, they feel that. And in a moment like that, I'm sure that it's incredibly emotional, you know, and that probably wore on Mike as much as it did any of the guys. It, speaking of that, I mean, he's Mike is in a unique position with the Heisman campaign that's been all season coming off last year and sort of that spotlight that's on him as the face of this team. How do you feel like he's weathered that in what is obviously a little bit of a burden probably in, in that situation? Yeah, I'd give him an A+. Plus. I would. I think that uh, there's plenty of grown adults that, that would not handle it 1% as good as Mike has. And, uh, you know, my hat's off to him. I think for his age and, and the, the type of attention that some of these kids have to, you know, scrutiny that they're under, and, and they get it. They understand the position they're in and that this is big college football and um, all those type of things. But I just think he's done a great job, you know, and I think that's this week will be a, a huge part of his preparation is just, you know, I told him just lose himself in the prep. Just focus on playing a fun football game uh, against a team that he's already played and beaten twice. And, you know, just lose yourself in that and have fun with it, you know, because once you start weighing in um, the playoffs and the Heisman and you, you make it about all that, you don't make it about winning the football game and just playing his best game as a quarterback for Washington. And, um, that is much easier said than done, but I think what Mike has done, I'm not saying he's been perfect all year with that um, by any question, but he's, he's done a great job. He's done a great job. You think about the media, the advertisements, you know, all that kind of stuff that can really weigh down on him. And I think for all that being on his plate, you know, tonight I know we're supposed to have a walkthrough and he's got a class that he has to be on Zoom at 6 o'clock, so, um, which is crazy. But uh, I wish he was there for three hours, but he's got to go to class. Would, would you say that he's fully healthy at this point? Yeah, he's good. He was a little under the weather at the end of the game, but it wasn't. He's good. What's the, what's the main message to Jalen Polk? Obviously, had a pretty successful season in the last two weeks. Seemed to just be on a different planet, for lack of a better term. What's, what's happened to Jalen? Yeah, I, nothing. You just do your thing. Be who you are. JP's a stud. He's an absolute stud. He's had a couple drops, you know, had some tough weeks, but um, he's one of the toughest kids I know, and he knows how to dust himself off and get back up there. And, you know, he's just got to know that we count on him and we believe in him, and he knows that. He knows that the coaching staff loves him and believes in him, and <clears throat> so do the kids on the team. So he'll, he'll be great. He's going to make a big play. All right, you mentioned the, you mentioned the contested catches in the first yeah. game against Oregon. What else did you feel like offensively you did maybe really well that day that you have to do again? Well, I think we got to be able to run the ball. You know, and I think that, you know, we're going to have to have an execution to be able to take care of that. I think DJ had right at 100 yards. I don't think we, 
you know, blew their doors off running the football, but I think we were consistent and we were moving the chains at the right time. And, um, you know, I think controlling the line of scrimmage is, is always important and it certainly will be against them as well. So, and we just got to, you know, control the things that we can control. And, you know, I know Washington State had, had you know, gotten some of our calls and, and some of our signals and things like that. So we're making some adjustments to that this week to make sure that doesn't happen again. And, um, you know, tell the kids, hey, we'll take care of that. You just take care of the play. How do you know they got the, your calls? Just by their That's action. a secret. I can't tell you. Is that a Connor Stallion situation, you think? Or? No. No? No. It's all, all is fair in love and war. They didn't do anything wrong. I'm just saying I knew they had, they had some of our calls. And you, you sensed that, like, Half during the week of prep, but, like, during the game, you figured that yeah. out. Yeah. And after, yep. You guys haven't had your full complement of receivers in a while due to injuries and other things. Do you just feel that uh, you can open up the playbook a little bit more in terms of some of the things you might want to do with well, Giles think, back and, and everything like that? Yeah, I think um, the obvious piece is attacking the middle of the field, you know, and those things. Um, I think we've done a good job with that anyways. But, you know, J-Mac is just different when he's in there and, and in the slot. I think you, you certainly can move him around, you know, uh, plays where he's on the outside and, plays where he's on the inside and uh, just kind of mixing that up. You got Dylan, got Dylan Johnson caught a pass on that last drive after Roman's big play, but he hasn't caught a ton this season. Have you had that opportunity to get him some check downs or the ball in space from the passing game as much as you would like to this season? Yeah, no, those are those are always built in. I think that that's just, you know, on Mike as he goes through his progression when those are available and certainly when – you're getting the ball down the field, those should open up a little bit, those matchups with the linebackers and things like that. Oregon hasn't been a close game since they played here. I wonder, has their defense improved, and in what ways have you have you seen them maybe change and evolve? Um, I don't think they've changed, uh, but I do certainly think one of the things I think they do a great job of, I think they're the best tackling team we've seen. And uh, I think they've gotten better at it. You can tell that they work at it in practice and that they're passionate um, about how they tackle, and, and uh, my hat's off to them. I think they do a great job with that. They pursue the football really well. Uh, I think they're playing with more confidence. They've had some success. Uh, but I don't think you know, necessarily that there's a bunch of different things going on other than they're playing faster, and they've got you know, another linebacker in there, number four is <coughs> playing a little bit. But, um, yeah, I, I think they tackle really, really well. And I think that even since the time we played them, I think they've gotten even better at it. I don't think there's a better – tackling team in the conference than them. Is there a place where, you know, with, with the season Rome's had, is there a place where he's especially better now than he was even in fall camp or at the beginning of the season? Where are the places where you feel like he's improved the most? Um, I, I, the obvious thing is just the, the ball compete skill. You know, when the, when the ball's in the air and it's a one-on-one situation, I just think he's – He's very difficult to beat. Um, I think he does a really good job of owning the red line and giving Mike real estate, you know, where he can put the ball and let Rome be a spatial player out there. So I think, you know, those are things that he's really, really taken to heart. Uh, you know, I would say he's a better blocker, but he's always been a good blocker. You know, he's, I think every week, Rome looks at the game plan and is like, what do I need to do better for us to win the game? And then he goes and attacks it. You know, whatever that is, if he feels like he's long out of the back end of his break, um, he'll work on that. He's just, he's a true pro. Were you surprised that you got the roughing call on Mike on that last drive? 
honestly, I didn't see it. I was already looking at my, my call sheet. But afterwards, you know, I mean, I think those are always bang, bang, honestly. Like, they're pretty close, you know. Um, but we certainly will take it. I mean, there's, there's plenty of calls that don't go your way as well. So we're not going to turn it down. And then one thing that you seemingly will have this week that you did not have in the first game is a healthy McMillan. Yeah. How is he as healthy as he's been since yeah. the Michigan State game? No, he's great. He was, um, I think Oregon State was a huge step getting him back out there. Uh, you know, you know, this last game would have liked to get him the ball even more. Um, but yeah, he, he looks great. He feels great. I think he's getting stronger every day. Uh, he works through practices at a different tempo now, even, you know, than he did two weeks ago. So I feel like he's, he's really ready to go. And then Giles back, right? Giles back. Friday. That's right. Yep. We made it. We made it. <laughs> good job, Coach Chep and Coach Grubb and everybody. Good job. And that, and that was, like, all jokes aside, like, I remember giving Giles a big hug and, you know, how excited I was that, that we were able to do that just as a whole staff. And that took everybody, you know, understanding the patience of getting a kid like that back for another season yeah. and just how important that is. And, and just huge credit to the kid where he just was ready to line up and work. You know, if you need me, you need me. Whatever it is, and just you know the emotional wear that that has on a kid, I think would be really difficult. And he just he did a fantastic job. He's a stud. Right. And then you guys not. didn't even suit him up for the game, right? No. Was that just in case? Oh you no, I told him right away. Is that <laughs> you're not you're not suiting up. And I put it on the receiver room. I said you need to go win this game without him, and so he can come back and play next year. Considering his situation, is uh, there a chance that that Jalen McMillan might have to come back because he's played so few games this year? I, I begged Jalen. I told Mike I put in a seventh-year exemption for him. Um, <laughs> Troy, Rome, I've already told him he's coming back next year. So, yeah, sure, anybody. I'd, I'll tell him anything and try to get those guys back for sure. But I, I think, you know, absolutely with J-Mac and um, the situation he's in, I think he'll have a lot to evaluate after the season. I think he sees what, you know, the value would happen with Rome this year of coming back and playing another season and, you know, upping his status and having another great year. So, um, you know, JP, same thing. And those guys are doing a good job of just staying in the moment, worrying about the championship game. Um, those moments and decisions and, and input will happen after. You know, right now worrying about that or focusing on those things is it's not going to do anything. There's nothing going to be accomplished right now. So they just need to get through right now and, and <clears throat> take care of what's in front of them. And then we'll certainly support them, whatever they decide to do. And help them through the process. So if all those guys said, we'll come back if you come back. Yeah, heck yeah, let's go. <laughs> That's right. Coach, I, lo I love it. Uh, the mindset on the last couple plays, uh, you take the sack right before Grady hmm. goes his field goal and things like that. I know you want to be aggressive, but it, it just seemed like that you guys were able to run the ball a little bit. Why you wouldn't just your, your thing? Well, we didn't want to burn the timeout um, to try to help the field goal unit. That was that was the first part. So um, had a pretty safe call on. Thought you know they went cover zero, and honestly, it had nothing to do with the with the extra rusher. It was um, it was the fan side of our protection got beat in the B gap on a pretty easy pickup. That you know Mike knows the deal. If if it's not there, throw it away. It just it got on him so fast that he just couldn't do anything about it. So. Certainly was, was bummed with that and uh, would have anticipated us doing a better job in that moment. And that was, you know, that was unfortunate. That was a frustrating moment in the game for sure. Is there anything going back to the first Oregon game that you would have done differently, that you like to do different this time around? Any lessons learned from that game from your perspective at all? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, there always is. You know, there, there's some strategic things I'm probably not going to share right now. But um, I think that when you look at it, just trying to generalize a little bit, when you look at it, you think about what the efficiency points are. You think about what was successful. And then you think about what was seen by the defense and, you know, doing what you're good at and making sure that we can get our guys in position to do the things that we know how to do well. Okay. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, good afternoon. <clears throat> um, heard a lot from the coordinators. Um, just uh, excited about you know, what we've accomplished, uh, but knowing that, uh, like I've said a couple weeks ago, the job's not done, and that's our mindset of our guys. Uh, looking forward to um, a big week here. Be a, be a quick week. Um, today's like really like a Tuesday, so... Um, coaching staff uh, putting game plan together and just guys with the urgency and and uh, you know every every little detail when it comes to even just health and and uh, trying to be the best we can be and be ready to go on Friday night but uh, you know we're excited about this challenge this is what we this is what we uh, work for you know since uh, January 3rd when we had our first team meeting you know guys deciding to come back um, you know come back and it was to win a championship you know, and you don't talk a lot about it um, once you get into the season because you're just you're focused on the next game. The next game is the most important, and uh, now we get to you know focus on the next game, and that next game is the the championship game that uh, that we've had our our sights set on since day one. How do you switch things around to take away for 24 hours missing? Like, what logistically? What do you have to do? Uh, are you talking about short with a short, a short week? Short week, yeah. Like logistically, how do you manage not having those twenty-four hours? Yeah, you you, uh, you, you just got to make sure you don't add to the the wear of the guys. Uh, they need time to recover from Saturday. Um, that was another you know four quarter game that we played in, and um, you know you need some time for the staff to to game plan and put their thoughts together. Uh, just over many years, realize that you know when you have a shorter week, um, you know forcing the staff to hurry up and get ready and practice uh, earlier than normal. Um, you know, that's not always conducive to having the best plan in place. And you want every rep to matter, uh, especially in a shortened week. And so uh, our staff, you know, I'm going to take and, and they put, they've put the pedal down. They're working hard uh, since Saturday night to, to really, you know, get get the right plan in place. And, and uh, we'll spend some time with our guys tonight that we normally wouldn't spend uh, just for a little bit of time here. And then, uh, you know, we'll hit it tomorrow. Uh, so, yeah, there'll be one practice that we won't have, but um, it is what it is. You know, no one no one cares. Uh, it's just a matter of what, what happens on Friday night, and we'll be ready. 
Coach 12, I know is sort of been the gold standard around here with the 1991 national championship team. How, how strange is it that you guys are also 12-0 and yet you're still playing for a conference championship, let alone three more wins would, would make you a, a national champion? Yeah, I mean, and that, that team, uh, it's just been really cool since day one being here <clears throat> to understand the makeup of that team and the individuals. Uh, I haven't met all of them, but I've met many. Um, and it's a special, special group and team that uh, – you know, took the field that season, and uh, there was buildup very similar to what we've had this year from a season ago. Um, we've related to that well. Um, we've uh, really embraced, you know, what that team did and how special it was back in the in the early '90s, and the, the group of men that uh, you know care so still much about still care so much about the program even to this day. You know, and they're the ones that um, many alumni are passionate about this place, but. Uh, you know, there's been some really heartfelt, um, you know, things and that, that have been shared with our team since we got here, you know, almost two years ago now that uh, come from, you know, that championship run that they had then. And um, our guys have just listened and, uh, you know, you, you don't you don't know what you're going to get to. But, uh, man, it's 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 uh, it's awesome seeing the memories that those guys created. And uh, we appreciate the the. Um, foundation that they set not just that team but so many other teams here at UW um, to make it to where it's an expectation here you know and uh, good getting into the championship game right now and everything that comes along with it the excitement maybe even just uh, the pressure I mean whatever it is I mean that's that's why guys came here they came to UW I reminded them of that uh, you know that they came here to to play in a game like this and uh, to love it you know, embrace the moment and, uh, you know, cut it loose and let's go get it. Caitlin, speaking of pressure, Ryan talked a little bit about maybe Mike feeling some of that external stuff, way to the world, all that. Do you see any of that and is any of that maybe affecting his play at all? No, I don't think it's affecting his play. Um, I think Michael has, has a heart of gold. I mean, he just cares so much. I mean, I've said all along how much of a team player he is. And so, you know, I mean, he wants it for um, his teammates, you know, more than he even wants it for himself. And so um, he wants it for this community. I mean, I think, you know, um, every game that you go through it, and especially when you got a perfect season going, um, there's there's a, just a desire to want to just keep it, keep it on. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it really is, you know, a determining or – in, in, you know, really affecting how he's playing or anything like that. So I think he's playing, playing well, and um, you know, um, we're we're continuing to bring the pieces. I think and getting stronger with who's coming back. And you referred to Jalen McMillan and some other guys too. I mean, having Julius Bulow back the last couple of weeks has been helpful, and and uh, some of those things are continuing to fall into place. And you know, where we can be stronger, and uh, you know, that's what you want is to hit your peak here um, going into conference uh, championship weekend. Coach, in your career, have you had to play a team twice in a season? Mm -hmm. And if so, can you just talk about the uniqueness of mm -hmm. having to do that? Because it doesn't happen very often. Yeah, many times at Sioux Falls, <clears throat> two of the top teams in the country were us and uh, Morningside College, and we played regular season game usually for the conference championship and then we played usually in the second round of the playoffs and then even at Boise State I mean against Boise State when I was at Fresno um, <coughs> we played them we played them back-to-back -back weeks we played them the last game of the regular season had to turn around and play in the conference championship and we did that we played them twice you know in, or four times in two years and so 
done that a few times. Um, you learn from the game before. Um, you know they're going to make adjustments. Uh, but, um, you know, it's not like there's any secrets. You know, you know who their personnel are. They know who ours are. Um, and, uh, you know, you quickly, uh, you know, talk through, again, the details of what they do, how they do it, who they are. And, uh, you know, you, you get the plan moving. It's a bit of a strange situation, obviously, where you guys beat Oregon, you're the higher-ranked team, undefeated, all that stuff, and they're considered the heavy favorite in this game. Is that part of the messaging at all to your team this week? Yeah, I don't think our guys will get too caught up in that. Um, and if it did do, it would only be to benefit us as far as I think our guys, our guys are confident in who we are. Um, you know, uh, a couple weeks ago when we played Oregon State, um, I mean, it just <coughs> grew a bigger chip on the shoulder. And then when it started raining, everyone felt like that would fall again, play against us too. I mean, just those things doesn't – it doesn't take away from our confidence. Um, we've felt since day one that we can beat any team in the country now. And in, 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 in all due respect to everyone else, we know we got to play our game or a lot of these teams that we face can beat us too, you know. And so it's a respect all and fear none, you know, attitude that we've had since day one, um, trusting and believing that we have what it takes and that we can get it done. So um, it really doesn't affect anything as far as our confidence or anything like that. And if anything, it will add to a, a chip on the shoulder. Um, and uh, we know that every game is its own game. And uh, we got to be our best on, on Friday night. Uh, we know we're facing a very good football team that, like, a lot of it, I think, has to do with uh, them playing well. You know, and uh, so, you know, we we will be ready. We'll be ready and we'll bring our best. Kalen Ryan talked about Wazoo kind of getting some of your signals and all that figured out. Can you kind of give us your take on what you saw out there? Yeah, I'm not going get, to get into that really too much. I mean, it, that happens. I mean, it's not like what we're seeing in the landscape of uh, the rest of the, the major piece of college football that kind of revolves around, around that. So... Um, again, it happens on some level, I think, almost not every game, but a lot of games. So um, there's a lot of crossover, a lot of people that uh, know each other and, you know, players that played at certain places and things like that. So there's there's pieces and it can be small, big. I mean, it doesn't doesn't it's not going to affect us moving forward. You know, we found a way to win. You feel like it was just kind of unique to the Apple Cup or is that? Big? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Kalen, this is going to be the last game that's played under the, the Pac-12 banner. Um, other than the fact it is for a championship, is there something that resonates with you or is special to you about about being able to be a part of this game? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think even just this season, you know, us doing what we've done where we've ran, ran the table um, and won, won every game. Um, I wasn't aware until I think even Saturday that uh, we were the only um, under the Pac-12 uh, to uh, to win every every game and, and be undefeated. So um, I'm proud of that. Our guys should be proud of that. And so um, you know that's not that's not the goal. The goal is to win a conference championship and uh, continue to move on. So um, you know it's just a, it's been a, a it's been a, a, a great year of football in the Pac-12. Um, multiple people that have been in the conference a long time in uh, you know. In roles that would definitely know um, have said that you know it's never been stronger. You know, people we're competing against that you know I can have conversations with and just ask a question like that because I've only been here a couple of years, and um, them saying that this is the strongest that's ever been. And so, um, you know, 
just speaks to our team. And uh, you know, a year ago, I remember it was all we didn't play two of the top teams in the in the league. You know, um, this year we did. <laughs> you know, we played them all. And um, so uh, there's been nothing with the schedule. Uh, we've had to earn every single piece of uh, us. You know, being 12 and 0 and where we're at right now. Kalen, the the per oh, sorry, go ahead. Two, two years ago this week, uh, you were hired, and, and your message to everyone was that you weren't going to rebuild this program. You were just going to take it and, and run with it. And here you're now in the championship game 24 months later. At that point, did you think something like that was possible when you kind of had a rough idea of your, your roster and all your resources? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think first of all, here at Washington, I knew that was possible. And then I think that, you know, um, you didn't know at early December, you know, what the retention was going to look like maybe necessarily with, uh, you know, the first time I ever, you know, had a press conference or, or introduction, um, you know, didn't know Michael Penix was going to be a part of our program at that time. But um, I think as we got into the spring, um, you could see the potential. And again, it didn't take it. Year one could have uh, led to, you know, post at the end of the year, guys deciding to move on to the NFL and us missing a few of these guys that are critical to our success this year. Um, but I think just most importantly, this program, um, UW, and uh, the tradition, um, it's, it's much easier to build a program, I think, when you have the support like we do from the community, from um, the, athletic, the rest of the athletic department. Um, it's been done before. I mean, the alumni, just, uh, you know, there's so much, I think, that just I call it the bones of a program, you know, just the core of who we are um, to where we could get back to this point. You guys held Thule out until, I, I think, the fourth quarter. Um, was he, I mean, was he just in an emergency capacity? Was that maybe with this week in mind? What was kind of the thought on his? Yeah, there's combination. I mean, just, um, you know, this, what he brings to us and how he could help us against uh, – you know, uh, a quarterback uh, like um, Cam Ward and their offense, but also just, uh, you know, the wear and tear, you know, too. So um, he's in a really good spot. Um, you know, we expect him to be ready to go, and he's going to, you know, we expect him to have an impact on the game just like he always does when he's on the football field. It was Did a you ever get any explanation on the penalty on Dom that wiped away the field goal that led to the touchdown? Yeah, you can't, you can't back with – you have to be within a yard. I mean, that, that's a – they made the right call. You know, that's a penalty we can't have happen and address that multiple times, uh, you know, yesterday in different ways. And so, um, I mean, just Dom's, you know, just trying so hard. And it's it's just one of those things you got to you got to just do your job and do it as best you can. And um, I mean, he's a superior athlete. He's uh, super competitive and, um, you know, you can't back beyond a yard. And he was probably two to two and a half, three yards maybe away from the line of scrimmage, and so you can't jump and land on top of anyone. So um, it's the right call. How about the call on Mike on the grounding call on the offsides? Yeah, I haven't, we haven't um, got anything back from that yet. So, yeah. What do you tell your guys? I know obviously it's both sides of the ball. There's some that are all starts or, you know, offsides. How do you, in a game that's going to be so significant, how do you, how do you, in the last week of the season, is there a way? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think uh, with penalties and stuff, you're yeah. saying? Yeah, I think we made some strides last week again. You know, I mean, unfortunately, there's a moment here and a moment there that we're referring to, uh, you know, where we just got to be better. And, um, you know, um, guys just got to be locked in. Again, tr not trying to do too much. You know, we just have super competitive guys that uh, are just chomping at the bit. And 
Um, they just got to lock in on on you know doing on the details. Just first of all, you know um, what their job and responsibility is, and focused on whether it's a snap or um, hands inside, which I think we did a pretty good job when it came to holding calls. I thought we got better there, you know, and so thought uh, thought the guys did a good job um, of really just you know focusing on the details. Um, it's hard to hard to have a perfect game, you know, but I thought we made some strides. As Braylon Trice. Um received a holding call against small season, you know? Oh, I think he, I think he has, yeah. One? Yeah, not, yeah. He's just, he, he does apply, I think what you're getting at is he does apply a lot of pressure on the quarterback, uh, and uh, there's a lot of offensive linemen that are holding on for dear life uh, as he comes around the edge, and, you know, um, he's just, uh, he's he's a menace. I mean, he's he does an amazing job attacking. He's always in attack mode, and, um, you know, he's certainly... I feel like, you know, and that, that's always the case. I think there's holding calls that probably could be made every play in, in reality. But uh, he certainly applies a lot of pressure and puts, puts a lot on the offensive linemen. And, of course, that, uh, you know, those are tough calls that happen fast, you know, with the officials to have to make that. How are you guys health-wise coming into this game? I know uh, Zion left for a little bit at the end, but I think he came back. I can't yeah, remember. I'd expect him to be. Yeah. But yeah. is everybody, are you guys pretty healthy? At yeah, I think. I think uh, relative to where we were at, maybe middle of the season, um, I think we're healthier. Um, so, you know, guys, uh, different guys have been out throughout, and, you know, the receiving cores slowly come back into being intact. And, um, you know, offensive line is kind of back to where it was early in the year uh, with uh, Bulow being back. So defensively, um, some of those pieces, uh, you know, slowly returning. So um, I think we're, we're getting in a good spot, you know, when it comes to the health of the team. Kaylin, when you look at, at Oregon since you've played them, how have they sort of evolved and maybe improved, changed since mm -hmm. that game? Yeah, I think they've been just very consistent. Um, you know, I think that's the key, you know, and they got, um, you know, they're a very good football team, you know, and uh, I think we probably uh, in that game right there, um, you know, since then they've had their backs to the wall. You know, as far as making sure that they get into the the uh, the conference championship, and so I mean, with that, uh, with that comes an urgency, and I think you see that through their play. Um, you know, that happens because every day in practice, they're you know they got uh, a little more determination to to have this opportunity that they have, you know, to play in the conference championship, and and probably especially against us, uh, their only loss in the season. It's been alluded to a little bit, but you know, Asa only played four games in the regular season. Do you think he would consider coming back next year if those conversations happen at all? Yeah, possibly. And again, I, I heard earlier we'll have more of those. You know, once the the week is over, and um, you know, I think that's a possibility, though. You know, with Asa. Do you see anything from from these last six games you guys have played that, that you think makes you better equipped to face Oregon again? I think it's the. Uh, I think it's just the, the the grind. I mean, when you get to championship football, um, conference championship, playoff runs, whatever it is, um, there's just an understanding that, I mean, every play matters, every series matters, and it isn't always going to be perfect because the other team has really good players too. Um, and so it's just a mindset of, you you know, after a series is over, good, bad, or ugly, I mean, you got to get on the sideline, you got to regroup, make a couple adjustments, and you go back out there, and it's going to take everything you have the next play. And doing it over and over and over again for four quarters, and I think that's just where our guys are at. I mean, they're just in such a fight mode, you know, um, where they're going to fight until the very end, and they know um, in a game like this, it's going to take that. 
I don't think there's a lot of people that would have predicted you guys to get through this gauntlet 12 and 0, even November, that schedule. You mentioned the grind. Can you just kind of take us behind the scenes a little bit and just talk about how hard this has been to actually pull off? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you know, that's, it's a challenge. And I think the, the number one thing that we do a really good job of, we did it a year ago, and I referred to that um, in fall camp. You talk about the schedule and you break it down. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, you know, you get to that point where, you know, you've heard me say the games in November are the ones you remember, but even just breaking it down more to where it's not November, it's just week one. You can't win all four until you win week one. And you can't win two until you've, you know, or three until you've won week two after that. And so we just have done such a good job of not making it like this holistic, wow, look at the, look at the teams you're going to play and all the different types of offenses, defenses, uh, you, you know, the skill players you're going to see, um, the places you're going to be in, the hostile environments. Uh, you can't make it about that. You make it about the moment you're in. And you just focus on that. And um, again, like I said, every game is its own game. And uh, you know, I'm just really proud of the guys have have bought into that. Um, they did a year ago. They did again this year. And uh, they've bought into that and really made the most of it. You know, because you can easily just get caught up in in how tough it's going to be. And uh, um, our guys haven't. Uh, they just buckled in and hunkered down. Whatever words you want to use, uh, whether it's uh, a game week or whether it's a certain drive or a fourth quarter, um, they just kind of hunker in and realize, you know, um, keep fighting, keep playing. And, um, you know, I'm really, really am proud because, like I said, I mean, the, the schedule itself as a whole uh, was going to be super competitive and tough. Um, and then especially this last month um, was going to, you know, be even more so with who we were playing and what all those, what all those programs were playing for as well. You said I think a couple weeks ago that Troy was working on some stuff behind the scenes, right? That A and M job got filled yesterday. Are you guys any closer? You yeah, know, yeah, I mean, done? yeah. It's uh, you know, and um, he, Troy, I just appreciate everything he's trying to do, not just for me, just for the staff, and trying to bring it all together. And um, you know, much like I'm asking our players, uh, you know, my focus is uh, you know on this game right now and um, in the meantime there's things that uh, Troy's trying to do and and um, you know I there's maybe a moment or two where you know um, it takes a little bit a second of my time but uh, I appreciate him trying to take care of that business while allowing me to focus on our football team at the same time Is that everything awesome thank you guys Let's go.